Welcome to Transition Church Podcast, a place for growth and revelation. Thank you for tuning in. Now, your host, Paul the Lion Huntington. Today, I want to talk to you about self-care, okay? Self-care. Now, we always hear in the Bible, you know, about crucifying your flesh, you know, um, cut off your temptations, you know, don't feed the flesh, stuff like that, right? But we don't really hear about um, taking care of yourself, self-care. And so, how many of y'all know about self-care in, in the modern world? Janie, you work in the yeah. so what is self-care? Uh, making sure that you are mentally mentally, taken, mentally and physically taken care of. Okay. But life gets so busy, I think right. everybody forgets to Right. And that, that's take life. Care of yourself. Life gets so busy that you forget about you. You I mean, even in ministry, you're going 110 miles an hour, 310 miles an hour. You're just going. And, and you're like, okay, I gotta minister and I gotta preach and I gotta pray, I gotta read my Bible, I gotta do all this stuff. And a lot of those things are good for you, but we're have a mentality of just serving, just serving, just serving, just serving, and we forget to do stuff for us. Okay? So I'm gonna read from Ephesians 5:29, and I have several scriptures I'm gonna go through. But uh, the first one is Ephesians 5:29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church. Okay? That's Ephesians 5.29. So, in, in the long run, I mean, how many of y'all would like literally just mess up your body just to mess up your body? Nobody does that. Like knowingly, okay? How many of y'all could bite yourself right here and bite all the way through? Anybody want to try? Why not? It hurts. Any other reason why? That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Left field. And somebody did that, you know, spit it on the ground. You're like, okay, all right, I'm not going to mess with you, right? But it's called self-preservation. Self-preservation. We don't want to actively hurt ourselves. We don't want to knowingly the outcome of biting or, or hurting yourself. Like taking a knife, okay? Think about this. You know, there's there's these movies which I don't recommend, but they're, they're called you know Saw and all this stuff. I don't remember, recommend watching it. And if you have, we have ministry afterwards, so we can pray for you. <laughs> but when, when it comes down, you know, they have to get out of something by cutting their their foot off, or or or, or you know, dig inside their stomach to get a key to be set free, and all this stuff is craziness. But it's very difficult for you to do that with the knowledge and the clear mind. You can't do that. You really can't. Now we pierce ourselves and tattoo and all this stuff. And a lot of times we are aware of the pain. And we, we push through the pain. There's people who've been like trapped underneath a boulder. And the only way they can survive is if they cut a lid. Well, that's survival. Okay? But knowingly, you wouldn't hurt yourself. As it says in Exodus 18, 18, uh, verse 19. But Moses' father-in-law said to him, What are you doing? It is not good. Surely you and these people will... Surely you and these people 
with you and these people with you will wear yourselves out because the task is too heavy for you and you cannot handle it alone. Now, a lot of times we're like, okay, I can do it. I got to do it on my own. I got to take care of this. I got to handle this. I got to put this all together by myself. And it's hard for you to ask for help. Right? Because I got this. I can do this. Now, there's so many reasons why we don't ask for help. I mean, pride is one. But the thing is that there's another one of... I don't want to rely on somebody else because they could let me down. If I do it, yeah. I could do it myself. I could rely on myself. But you're putting the trust in somebody else. You're going, okay, Jamie, I know you're going to help me paint this thing and everything like that. And so, okay, here we go. But I'm relying and trusting you that you're going to keep your side. But if you don't keep your side, guess who? I have to. Do you know that a lot of lot of church, a lot of people in church are in the mentality of, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will take care of it. I don't have to pick the chair. Somebody else will do it. I don't have to vacuum. Somebody else will do it. I don't have to go pray for that person. Somebody else will do it. And we put it on somebody else when God said, hey, why don't you do it? You know, growing up, there, there was a time where, you know, in our house there would be like a piece of trash on the floor, right? And somebody in the house would be like, hey, nobody picked up this trash? Like, but they walked over it with everybody else. But it's like, okay, wait, how come you didn't just pick it up? But we put it on everybody else. We, we, we rely on everybody else to, to pick up the trash. We rely on everybody else, and we want to point that out for somebody else to do it. There was a, there was a story of, uh, of somebody who was at church or um, at, at this office, and they looked up at the corner, and they seen cobweb. And, you know, they made a big old stink about it, like, who did, why didn't somebody uh, uh, clean the cobweb up in the corner? Not knowing that nobody else relied, realized that it was there except them. See, when God shows you a problem, it's up to you to fix it. That's right. It's up to you to fix it. See, I could be, I could literally sit over here with my brother-in-law, and I could be like, you know, hey, everything's cool, everything's good. But I look down and see a piece of trash, and he doesn't see it, and I'm like, I'm gonna wait till he sees it. But I'm the one who's seen it first. So I'm, I'm expecting him to get the revelation of picking up the trash when I got the revelation already. How does that work? How does that handle? It doesn't. It's printed on the outside because I got the revelation. In the Bible it says, for, for you hear the word, for a man to hear the word and not do it, to him it's sin. Let me say that again. For somebody to hear the word and not do it, to him it's sin. That's right. So we get revelation on every every chance we get. We read the Bible, we get revelation. We go here, we get revelation. We get revelation from every point of view that God uses, and yet we're expecting somebody else to do that revelation. 
when God's like, I'm waiting for you to do the revelation. Because in the long run, you're taking care of yourself. God's giving you that revelation to build you, to help you grow. See, we go back to that piece of trash on the floor. See, maybe I'm supposed to pick it up and understand that once I pick up that trash, the place looks nice. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm called to pick up that trash to be a servant. But we don't think that way, right? I ain't picking that up. I'm too good for that trash. Let the lowest take care of it. See, last week we talked about Jesus, right? And he, what? Washed the feet. He picked the lowest servanthood in the whole entire house, which is the servant that washed the feet. The most disgusting job you could get. And he decided to serve, but he showed each one of us who we are through his eyes. See, I believe God, the Father, told him to do that. And he could have been like, wait, I'm about to die for these guys. Why do I have to do wash their feet when I'm about to die for their sins? That's no point. I'm not doing it. And many of us pick up that, that thought process. Many of us act that way. Does it help you? No. It doesn't. Many of us miss out on the ability to grow because we feel that we're greater than. Or we don't have to. Or we're in a certain point in our lives, in our spiritual lives, that we don't need any growth. When you have literally... When you are standing before God, you have finished your race. But until then, you learn how to run the race differently every single day. You pick up new ways to run. Pick up different ways to, to breathe, to, to do life. The circle of life, right? But you pick up different ways. Different ideas, different, different things. Like, Jamie, when you were... 17, do you think the same way as you were then? Oh, no. Hey, Leslie, when you were 10, do you think about think the same way as you do right now? No? Mom, do you think of the, like when you were 6, do you think the same way? Why? Why not? You're the same person? No, you learn how to do life differently. It's different. So, how many of y'all are in college? Do you do the same thing as you were in high school? I hope not. You study different. You learn different. You work different. You do this thing called adulting. Stress different. <laughs> the stress is so much bigger, right? Jim Bob, when you were in high school, okay, did you think that you had life all the way figured out and you're good? Uh, probably. And now, how do you think, think about yourself then? Kind of a dummy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, come here, younger Jimbo. Uh, we're going to talk for a little bit because you're an idiot and we're going to try to learn something. I don't think the same way. I'm glad I don't think the same way. 
But it, it's growth. <laughs> Goes to the scripture, as a man thinketh, so is he. See, we're talking about how Jesus sees you, but how do you see you? What do you think of yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself in a place of, I'm all that in bag of chips, thank goodness, I got the t-shirt, got the sandwich, I got everything. Or you're like, I'm too fried short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> uh, the cheese has fell off the cracker. There's no money behind the wheel, but the engine's running. That is me sometimes. I mean, I could just be a minister and all this stuff, but hey, I miss it. I'm just letting you know, I miss it. Okay? Wake up in the morning, just leaving. I'm like, oh, great. I had snot coming out my nose. <laughs> How long did I have that there? Oh, my zipper was down the whole entire time when I was preaching. That wasn't good. And nobody wanted to tell me. It's all y'all fault because you didn't tell me. No, it's my fault because I didn't pay attention to the details. But there always has to be growth. How are you going to take care of yourself? It is the main thing. Because you can't minister to anybody. You can't pray for anybody unless you take care of you. But we always put other people in those positions, right? Well, they're there because they, they, they're there spiritually. They could minister to everybody in the whole entire world. We know. Each one of you are put on this earth to solve a problem. So how many of y'all are in here? Quite a few, right? And each individual have different problems they need to solve. Different ones. Each one of you have a different calling. But how do you take care of yourself? Because if you can't take care of yourself, you're not gonna you're not gonna do any of that. Because nobody wants to really how can I help him if I'm all messed up and jacked up and just literally tore up on the flow up and just man how am I gonna help him? He's gonna look at me like, uh hmm, how are you gonna help me when you worse than I am? But I go to church. But you're not applying anything. You're as bad off as me. But I, I read my Bible. But do you do what the Bible says? But I read it. How are you going to help me? See, when people come to come to the hospital, right? They look at you because you have a job to do and everything like that. And then if you are not capable to do your job and you're as bad as the person coming in, they're going to look at you like, I think I picked the wrong building. <laughs> If I'm literally coming to the hospital for a broken arm, and I come in and the doctors, both of his arms are broken, I'll be like, okay, how are you going to help me? Well, I have the white jacket on. But how are you going to help me? My arm's broken, both the yards are broken, so how are you going to do it? You're just going to... It doesn't work. It's about taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself. Mark 6.31 And he said to them, Jesus speaking, Come away by yourself to, the, to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure event to eat. They had no time to eat. And Jesus said, Come on. Come with me. Let's go to a desolate place so you can relax. So you can rest. See, 
How many of y'all going, going, going Monday through Friday, Monday through Sunday? Pew, 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 right? I mean, I'm telling you, afterburners are on. You're just going. And yet, you don't have time to rest. And so how many of y'all ever believe that, you know, taking a nap is bad? <laughs> like, like literally, you'd be sitting there, and you're, 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 you're at, 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 at your home or whatever, you're like, oh no. Oh no! My eyes just closed. It's horrible! I just slept the whole day away. It was only 10 minutes. There's a t-shirt that I wish everybody would get. And it says, Jesus took naps. That is the best teacher ever. God even rested. The beginning and the end rested on the seventh day. I need to take a break because I just created a hole. <laughs> and he sat down. <sighs> a lot of us are like, wait, I can't. I don't have time. And the thing is this, when you don't have time, you have to make time. My grandmother, ordained minister, she did, she had all these accolades. I mean, her name was Dr. Reverend Dr. Beryl Wickmerunner. And that woman took a rest day. Every Monday, I could not go into her, I could go into her side, but not to into her room. Because it would be pitch black and she would be resting the whole day. This woman was traveling around the world, preaching meetings on Monday, which is kind of funny. Diving into the Bible, continually understanding God, writing songs. I mean, she was doing all this stuff, plus duplicating her own videotapes, her own cassette tapes, her own books. I think she wrote seven books, and she was shipping them all the way around the world, but yet she took a rest day. It's so good to take a rest day, but I don't have time. Make time to rest. How many of y'all are exhausted in here right now? <coughs> and we go literally to the point where we just fall out. You know, I gotta take. Oh. Wake up on the carpet. Oh, well, that was a good rest. Here we go. Make yourself. Take a break. Back in school, studying so long, right? You have to take a break, right? Your brain's fried and you can't put nothing else in. Take a break. Take a break. It says in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what you eat or drink, but of living life, of goodness and peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. Peace? Joy? How many of y'all have peace? No, life isn't peaceful. If life is peaceful, please come up here and you teach. Because my life isn't always peaceful. There's something going on. There's something always happening. 
but joy, peace, live life. Do you think Jesus has a wor- had a worry and care? He walked in peace. He walked in freedom. Do you have people talk stuff to him? Yes. Do you have people want to kill him? Yes. Did he have the devil picking at him? Yes. Everything that we go through, he had going on. But he still walked in peace. The storm happened, right? He's on the boat, knocked out. Have you ever seen like, you know, those waves and everything in the ocean and, and cover the whole entire boat and all this stuff? How can you sleep through that? I'm like, <laughs> we went on a cruise, man. We had to take these uh, thing. What's it called? Uh, that medicine. Drama man. Yeah. Drama me. We, <laughs> me and my wife took drama me. Well, we were knocked out. <laughs> Where were you guys? Sleeping. And we didn't feel the the rocking of the boat. We were knocked out. Jesus is not affected by the situations of life. He affects the situations of life. Life is 90% action. 10% wait. Yeah, 90% action, 10% reaction. See, life is always... Right? How do you react to it? If you change that and you start to be the action, you start to see life differently. Because think about it. I could always affect Jenny. Jerk. Nothing like you. Horrible. Your mom! I could continue to do that, right? Yeah. But if you did it back to me, I'm like, you leave me alone. I don't want to play no more. You put your foot your best foot forward. Job wise, think about this. Do you wait for the job to call you or do you call the job? Do you wait for the application to float down into your hands and you write it? Oh, I'm going to work at Walmart because they sent me the application without me even asking. Does that ever happen? I want you to work at O'Reilly's. You'll look like the perfect candidate, Jesus. No, you had to go inside, right? You know what? Leslie? You look like the perfect person for McDonald's? What's your work here? I just want a sandwich. Don't worry about that. Come tomorrow, you start. I just wanted a Big Mac. No. The action of going after the job, the action of wanting to get paid, the action of survival, the action of living, the action of going to school. So, I mean, think about it. You had to apply for school, right? Did the colleges be like, hey, we were just stalking you and we thought you should be a part of college. First of all, this is creepy, and second of all, I'm not interested. But we really want you! I don't care how bad you want me. No! 
But you're like, I want to go to this college, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do everything I can to get there. You live life into action. Serving God is about action. Jesus washed the feet by action. He says, do as I do. Action. So how do you take care of yourself? Action. I'm going to rest today. I'm going to turn off my phone. Okay, I'll just put on silent. I'll let everybody know on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Hey, don't bother me. You could call me after 3 o'clock. If it's an emergency, don't die. Call me later. <laughs> I knew that my grandma was resting. I knew. So I was like, okay, she's resting. After 3, I can go in there and talk to her. But she instilled that to rest. Now, do I always rest? No. Do I need to rest? Yeah. If we bring self-care to the church, the church will be a lot healthier. It's not what you can do for the church, it's what you can do for you. The church needs to serve me. Well, take care of yourself. How do you prevent yourself from going to the ER? You can't really prevent yourself, but how do you prevent yourself? You take care of you, right? You don't put yourself in, in certain predicaments, right? I'm not going to climb to the very top of a tree knowing that a tree is really brittle. Because if I do that, guess what? I'm going to end up in the ER. <laughs> so, Mr. Harrington, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. Just fix my body. That's mangled and broken. You prevent those things. Self-care. And self-care. Uh, Proverbs, which is the book of wisdom. Proverbs 16.32 Better to be patient than powerful. Better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Patience. What does patience do? Anybody? What does patience do? It causes you to relax. Have y'all ever been fixing up? That's not patience. That's anxiety. Calm down. Patience like, all right, I'll wait. I'll wait. Take a deep breath. People <laughs> <laughs> like, that's not patience, you're hyperbelling. <laughs> I do me, you do you. <laughs> patience. Patience. It's better to have patience than being powerful. Patience. If a quarterback has a ball, boom, he patiently waits in the pocket, then makes a decision. If you make decisions patiently, you make clear decisions. Patiently. It's not the thing of, if I do it, rush, <laughs> I'll mess up something. 
I'll reap the harvest of my impatience. Have you ever made, like, ordering food? Just, oh, all right, I want this. And you get it and you're like, this is the grossest thing I've ever tasted. I should have patiently read the whole entire menu. Note to self, don't pick liver. How many of y'all like liver? No. It's disgusting. It's horrible. I don't care how you cook it, it's disgusting. But if you just pick it, it has a different name to it, everything like that. When you find out it's liver, because you didn't decide to read the description, you mess up. Be patient. Take time with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. In Mark 12, 31, I know there's a lot of scripture, but I want you to get this. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. We, we just stop at love your neighbor. That's it. Let's read the rest of the scripture. Love your neighbor as yourself. How many of y'all really not love your neighbor? Will you be honest? Well, I'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> but really, think about that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Bam! You asked the question, not that. You're the only one. Me! Like, oh, jeez. She's answering again. No. But how many of us really would love our neighbors? Because it, it would be horrible on how we love our neighbors because we don't even love ourselves. Wait, what did you ask? How many of us don't love our neighbors or love our neighbors? How many of us would love our neighbors like we love ourselves? Oh, no. <laughs> Literally, because if you don't love yourself, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't love ourselves. A lot of us just tolerate ourselves. Right. Because why? We know the good, the bad, the ugly, the horrible about ourselves. We know that we don't make the mark 24, 7, 3, 6, 5. We know that we don't, we're not beautiful 2400. We know that we're not A1 all the time. We wake up and look in the morning and we'll go to the mirror in the morning and be like, oh, <laughs> woo, that's horrible. Well, Maybelline, please do all your magic today. I'm telling you. Please, Jesus. They call it cover-up just because you need to cover something up. I'm telling you. Gillette and all that made it killing for men and women because they don't look good. But think about that. Think about that. Do you really love yourself? Do you really take care of yourself? Do we? Because some of us just label it as in this is just how I am. We torture ourselves. We really do. We have such a great hatred for ourselves. 
And Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. If we really love our neighbors like we love ourselves, oh boy. Boy, we would just roll. A lot of us will be in prison right now. <laughs> Literally. I can't believe they torched my house. They just did what the Bible says. Love, love me like they love themselves. Look at my house. They must hate themselves. I do. <laughs> love your neighbor like you love yourself. We need to change that as in really loving yourself. You are with yourself 24-7, 365 for the rest of your life. You are your greatest asset. You are. And a lot of us don't take the time to invest in ourselves. We literally burn ourselves out investing in everybody else, but your greatest investment is you. It's you. And we miss that. We miss investing in ourselves. We literally work ourselves to death. I gotta make this money, I gotta pay this bill, I gotta take care of this. Well, what about for you? I used to, and I kind of still do that at times. It's hard for me to buy something for me. Like we could we could we could go to my favorite store, Plato's Closet. I have two stores now. Dirt cheap. <laughs> I think it was I just went there for the first time. What was it? Saturday? Oh my goodness, that place is awesome. I walked in and I'm like, oh. I'm like, oh goodness. Where has this been all my life? So dirt cheap, putting that out there, you should go check it out. Um, but play those closet, okay? I'll grab a shirt and be like, oh, I want this. I'll walk around for like an hour and then finally I walk out. They, I don't need it anyways. Get convicted or, or oh, maybe I just don't need it. But how many of us feel that way? We were taught that we were selfish if we do something for ourselves. That's true. We were taught that we're horrible. Oh, you think about yourself, are you? Oh, you didn't buy food for everybody else? I mean, I had gum in school, and then the teacher's like, oh, do you have enough for everybody else? We would like to take a brief break from this episode with a word from our sponsors. Welcome back as we continue with this episode. We never think about the response of, uh, my breath stinks and I will be helping everybody else. <laughs> Teacher like, touche? Yeah. Start chewing on that gum immediately or I will send you to the principal office. But you take care of yourself. It's about you. In Ephesians 5.28, In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies, he who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, 
just as Christ does the church. Now a lot of people, I'm not married. Look past the husband and wife. Love like you. Like you take care of your own body. Now there's bodybuilders, right? My dad was a bodybuilder. You know, when uh, you know, and he he was pretty much just he put in work. Now maybe not, but he was 65 years old and you could see it. Sorry, Dad, my bad. But he was he he was built. He was my height. And I believe he weighed 235, only 3% body fat. Wow. He was just... And every time we walked into the vision room when we go visit him, I got goosebumps when I would see my dad. Because my dad wouldn't smile like a geek come in the vision room. He was in prison, so he didn't... Hey, how you guys doing? No, because everybody would probably punk him. He walked in with this, this persona, this... this vibe of I'm the man and he walked in he just 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 walked in and I'm like <laughs> that's my dad <laughs> you know I told a joke way before and it's like when kids are like my dad could beat up your dad and I'm like no my dad could kill your dad because it was in there in prison for murder but when it came down to it he took care of his body It was his regiment. Now, it could be like, well, he's selfish. Hey, if you look like that, I would look at myself in the mirror all the time. I'd be like, look at that, look at that, look at that. Oh, you know. Make my, my, my muscles, you know, do the wave. <laughs> look at that, guys. I wouldn't have a shirt on all the time. I'll probably be preaching without a shirt on. <laughs> you know, God is good. Flexing my chest. All right, put your shirt back on. He's really good. There's one rule. <laughs> Get out of here. We're in part of the wrong church. But when it comes down to it, you know, we take care of ourselves. You know? Some of us are depriving ourselves of sleep, depriving ourselves of, of, of food, depriving ourselves of certain things because we feel we're not good enough. We feel that we're not worthy enough. We feel that we don't deserve it. But you do. If Christ invested his life into you, don't you think you are a good asset? You have your worth the investment? A man gave up his life to invest in you. Don't you think you're a good investment? A friend of ours, he uh, had this shirt that says, I am my greatest investment. I should have worked today, but I couldn't find you. <laughs> you are your greatest investment. You are. Yeah, I didn't invest time, right? Sorry. But you are your greatest investment. When you wake up in the morning and you're scared, or you scare yourself, I am my greatest investment. Woo! I need to invest. When you're tired, you'd be like, wait, I am my greatest investment. When you're working for something, just remember, you're your greatest investment. When you're going after God, you're like, okay, God, I am my greatest investment, and I want to make this investment grow. How do I do that, God? How do I become better? 
How do I go to the next level? How do I get closer to you? Because the closer you are to God, the greater you are an investment. Think about that. God is perfect. God is only. He's the creator. The closer you get to the creator, the greater you are as an investment. Because now you get to understand the purpose of the creation. Because you're getting close to the creator. I know he looks like Jesus, so it works out. Think about that. We, growing up in church, I understand that. I understand you have to read your Bible. You have to pray. You have to do all these things, right? And it's 24-7, 365. And you hear, you know, pray without ceasing. How many of y'all have ever prayed all day? It's impossible, right? I forget what to say. <laughs> Literally, like, I'm like, God, and oh, I don't even know what else to say, God. No, it's talking to God all the time. It is. How do you talk to God all the time? Just talk. Invite Him into every area of your life. So if I'm playing Xbox, I don't play it all the time, but I like this game called Midnight. Uh, yeah, Midnight Club, LA edition, whatever. And I'll be racing all the time, and I'm like, oh God, I was at it. You know, let's try it again. I invite Him into it. If I'm driving down the road, people might think I'm crazy, but I'd be talking to him. I mean, I'm be talking in weird voices, funny voices, because I make voices all the time, but still, talk to God. You invite him into every area of your life. Taking a shower. I mean, you can't hide nothing from God. You're naked. <laughs> God, how are you doing? I'm, man, can you get my back, please? <laughs> Invite him in every area of your life. There was a time where um, our uh, our uh, one of our pipes outside, the main pipe that uh, that brings water into our house, busted. And I'm like, okay, so I'm out there, muddy and everything, trying to fix this pipe, right? And so the city came out, shut off the water. I thought I fixed it. And then he turned the water on and shot out the, the pipe. And, and I'm like, oh, no, turn it off. And I'm just soaked from head to toe, muddy and everything like that. And I'm like, okay. Oh, God, help me, please. So I went to Higginbotham's, right? Had to buy a whole new pipe fixture and cut off valve and all this stuff. And there was a plumber there. I'm like, hmm. And Pastor Trey of uh, uh, New Destination, he was like, hey, what, that guy's a plumber. Maybe you can talk to him. I'm like, oh, okay. So we go over there, and I'm like, hey, this is my problem. Dang. And you can tell I have a problem. I'm all muddy and everything like that. It looks like I just, somebody just literally took mud and be like, hey, how you doing? All over my face, and I'm like, how do I fix this? He goes, let me tell you. I said, I put glue. I, I did all that. I don't, it's not working. It's not sealing. And he goes, let me tell you an old trick that a lot of plumbers use. Bread. And I'm like, what? The faces that I'm getting right now. How's bread going to help? They're like, it's going to fix it. Oh, yeah. 
No, it's really fixing it. This wonderful bread. No, he said, take the bread, stuff it down in the pipe, which will stop the leak. So when you put the glue, it'll seal it. Oh! And what did I do? Did exactly what the plumber did. I stuffed bread in there. It stopped the water flowing in. I was able to glue the pipe on and attach it to the house. But I forgot to do something. I skipped this step. What was that? Take the bread out. So I, I turned the water on, right? And it, the water worked on all the faucets except the bathroom faucet. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm, I mean, I turned on the faucet everywhere else, and it worked. And I was, it was me and God, me and God. And I'm like, what, why isn't it working here? And God gently and kindly says, man does not live by bread alone, but by every mouth that can proceed out of the mouth of God. And I'm like, bread. I forgot the bread. So I took the nozzle off the, uh, the sink uh, spout or whatever, the faucet, and lo and behold, it was bread caked all in there. I'm like, oh. So I cleaned it out and the water flowed perfectly. But I added God into that. You add God. I mean, yeah, I felt like an idiot. Don't worry. And God was gently to remind me that they forgot a step. But when it came down to it, the pipe was fixed. Anything that I work on, I don't do it by myself. I'm not a mechanic. I had to work on my charger. I'm not a mechanic. But I added God into it, and uh, somehow I became a very good mechanic. And you too. Because I probably would have blown something up if I just did it myself. I knew the car was going to run right. Now I don't even have an engine. No. God takes care of you if you add him in. And that's one of the greatest assets you have to self-care is God. You know, my truck that I used to have. Something was going on with the, the these lights were flashed, the car would shut off, and I'm like, what's, what's going on here? Why is this happening? God, show me what's wrong. Show me what's wrong with the truck. So every time I drive, I would get, get scared that it's going to shut off. Or, or and God, I asked God, God, before I went to sleep, I was like, God, show me what it is. So I'm sleeping, right? I had this dream. And I'm like talking to my wife in this room. Hey, how you doing? Da -da 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 -da. Yeah, ignition switch. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? Yeah, man, ignition switch. But hey, da -da. ignition switch. It had nothing to do with my truck. Had nothing to do with anything. But I kept hearing ignition switch over and over and over again. I get up. Ignition switch. Google it. Okay. Went to what? O'Reilly's. <laughs> Got me an ignition switch. Looked on YouTube how to change it out. Changed out the ignition switch. And guess what? It fixed the truck. There's many of us have problems that we're trying to fix and we can't fix them. Many of us have relationships that we're trying to mend and we can't mend it. 
Many of us have, have situations in our life that's so overwhelming that we cannot do make a dent in it. If you add God into it and ask Him, you'll be at peace. You'll bring self-care. Taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself. See, spending time with God is not just read your Bible and pray and then you're good. No. Spend time with Him. So if I'm going to spend time with my wife, I'm not going to be like, hey, how you doing? And I go do my own thing. That's not really spending time, is it? No, it's not. But if I'm investing, if, I'm, if I want to spend time, then I spend time. We spend time with God as though it's a chore. Now, you don't have to raise your hand because I'm not going to judge you. Yes, I will. But how many of y'all mark it off your list? I spend time with God today, done. I read my Bible today, done. I prayed today, done. And then we don't think about God, we don't think about anything else. I asked this question before, I'm going to ask you guys, which one is greater? A man in church thinking about fishing, or a man fishing thinking about church, or thinking about God? Fishing. Fishing. Yeah. Love God with your whole heart, body, mind, and spirit. A lot of us don't even know what love is. As Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? Everything. Because it says, love your neighbor as your... Self. Well, how do you figure out what love is? How do you understand what love is? Ask the one who loved you first. How did Jesus see you? How does he feel about you? Are you just one of the billions of people on earth that he's like, oh, I tolerate that one. They talk to me every once in a while. Oh, hold on, <laughs> can't talk to you. <laughs> They're 911 to call. No. Why does Christ love you? Why did he shed his life for you? Why? Why? It's about love. You can't love somebody else unless you love yourself first. You could try, but it'll end up failing. Because it'll either be money, it'll be about this thing or that thing, it won't be about heart to heart. Be about that. It'll be about conditions. Jesus loves you without conditions. He's unconditional. Anybody can tell me any conditions of why he loves you? Anyone? Can anybody give me a condition of why you love him? Because we can name off a whole bunch. I mean, big ones. So I don't go to hell! reason to love Jesus? Oh, it's not. So I can still live. So I can get that brand new car. 
so I could be in financial peace, so I could pass all my classes. <laughs> Called me out. <laughs> we always have reasons of why we love God. But Jesus was the greatest example. My wife, she, she tells me, she goes, man, when people walk down the street, you just say, hi, how you doing? Why? I have no condition to say hi. I just say hi. Because maybe they were having a bad day. Maybe they're going through something. When I go and preach in the jail, I know they're going through something. But they know that if they see Paul on the outside, they know Paul is going to still talk to them. Their condition doesn't affect how I love. But we miss that. We look on the outward appearance, right? We look on, on, on if they have a Christian t-shirt on, and they must be a believer. Hey, how you doing? Somebody smell like booze or alcohol, they're like, they're sinners. Mm-hmm. We're not going to talk to them. I, I want to speak freely here. Many churches have members, right? I want you to understand, I don't want you to be a member. I don't own you. Neither does the church. I don't have no membership criteria. You have to be this way, live this way, act this way, and all this stuff. No. I want you to be able to have a place where you are able to feel accepted in the body of Christ. Because we're not perfect at all. I'm not perfect. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not knocking any church with their memberships or anything like that. But I want you to understand that you don't have to meet a criteria in transition church. You don't. I don't care if your hair's messed up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't care if you look like Chong. I don't care if you, 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 you wear a certain way. I don't care if you smell a certain way. I don't care your background. I don't care your history. I don't care how much you have in your bank account. I don't care of none of that stuff. I don't care if you're struggling with a sin that you need help with. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to help you. And if I'm already judging you at the door, then I'm not here to help you. I want you to walk in the fullness of your calling. I don't want to hinder you from walking in your calling because I'm threatened or whatever. Mm -mm. I'm not doing that. I want you to know that you are a great asset in the kingdom of God. And it's not what you do for the church, it's who you are. You are the greatest asset. You are the greatest investment. You are. I want you to put that in your brain. I am the greatest asset of my life. I'm the greatest investment. I am. Because think about how many people won't be reached if if you're not if you don't think of yourself that way. Jamie, if you don't think that you're top-notch boss, how many people are not going to get reached? There's so many people who are in that, that type of business or in that type of uh, setting, but they, 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 they don't care. If you care, you, you're in that, but are you going to be the standard? You know what I'm saying? Because you 
are your greatest investment. So you walk in as though you are a great investment. You walk in with the mentality of whoever walks in is a great investment. How can I help you in your investments? <clears throat> now, I was looking at you know stocks and trades and all this stuff. You look at the investments. You look at short-term and long-term. You look at that, and you're like, okay, is that a good thing to invest in? Well, look at yourself. Are you, are you a good thing to invest in? Going to college. You must think you're a good investment. Or you wouldn't be wasting your time. I know my wife looks at herself as a great investment. I know. Why? She invested her time and, and, and nights and studying and everything like that to get a higher education. She knows she's a great investment. I know that she's a great investment. Her parents know that she's a great investment. Juanito is a great investment. Anyway, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> He's a great investment. He has things that the world needs. But he has to understand that. My wife has to understand that. Jim Bob is a great investment. When I first met him, I did not think he was a good investment. <laughs> and he didn't think of me as a good investment. And I don't know how we're best friends, but it just happened. But I know he's a great investment. He's a great investment in my life. He's a great investment in those around him. My wife is one of the biggest investments in my life. The biggest. Next to God, she's a great investment. So when I'm with her, guess what? I am top-notch investment. I'm grade A investment. Are you? If you can't say that, tonight's your night to change that. Tonight's the night for you to put your life in God's hands so you can see what he sees. So you can understand that you are a great investment. To have high, high investments, you have to take time, right? You have to take time, understanding, learning, all these things about what you're investing in. Some of us don't even know who we are. Some of us have lived a certain way all our life, and we, we think we know it ourselves, but we don't. We don't. We think we're, we're, I mean, some of us are shaped by the things that happen to us in our life. It's now time to put in, into you. If you're holding on to things, if you're, Talk to a counselor. It's not, it doesn't make you look stupid. It doesn't make you look less than. It doesn't make you look psychotic. No. I talk to a counselor. Oh, the counselor that I talk to is my wife. <laughs> All right, honey, let's sit down, lay down, let's talk. But she helps me. Talking, talking to somebody. Because a lot of times we stuff. Right? Somebody did me wrong? Whatever. Put it in that, that corner. Oh, they hate me? In this corner? I'm living proof of that. But you're causing yourself 
hurt and pain. See, negativity inside you is poison, and it has to go somewhere. And I learned that from my wife. It has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere. Talk. Man, I feel this way. This happened to me today. I feel like nobody's listening to me. I feel like I'm worthless. I feel that I don't have the strength to do this. I, I feel that la, 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 la. And we have a list of how we feel. If you have a friend, hey, I just want to beg. Can I beg, please? Because it'll happen. If you don't have no friends, I pray that you find one. <laughs> Loser. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No. You are your greatest investment. You are. Love your neighbor as yourself. Start loving ourselves. Start loving ourselves. It's not about the persona. It's not what people think. People are like, oh, Paul, you're, you're all that and spiritual and everything like that. I let people think that, but I struggle too. I hurt too. I deal with issues on a daily basis. But it's the thing of the honesty of knowing where you are, who you are, and how you have been. I mean, this past year I held bitterness and ang- I was angry. I had hatred. You know, hate in the Bible is murder. So I guess I want to murder my mom. I hated her with a passion. I stopped talking to her for three years. I had that so... Like just talking about it is like... I don't like that person. I had that towards my mom. Well, Paul, what'd you do? (laughs) It was a long three years. And one day I dropped the courage to call and let my mom know how I feel. See, I went through abuse all my life. And the thing is, is in that abuse, my family was making jokes about it. That caused me to stop talking to them. That caused me like, oh, <laughs> I'm good. Like I, we were on a cruise and they were laughing about her. Abuse and I wanted to throw them off the boat. I didn't. But I was dealing with all that. So I got the courage. God gave me the courage to call my mom and let her know how I feel. To share that, hey, if I wasn't a minister, you wouldn't think you wouldn't be proud of me. If I was just working a regular job, you wouldn't be proud of me. It's because I'm a minister that you're proud of. And I let her feel about the abuse. I let her feel of uh, 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 why I didn't haven't called her or said anything to her Mother's Day or, or, or her birthday or anything. And something happened in that moment. Something shifted in that moment. My mom, she said, Paul, I want to tell you that I'm sorry. Will you forgive me for the abuse that I know of and the abuse that I don't know about? And if you are reminded by any abuse, call me, and I'll ask forgiveness for that. 
See, I was expecting her to be like, oh, Paul, knock it off. Oh, Paul, grow up. Oh, Paul, let it go. And I didn't get that. I got, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I had nothing to say after that. I was speechless. Like, and I felt bitterness fall off. I felt the hatred fall off. I felt the anger fall off. I felt that I was free. Something switched in me. And I could call my mom, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Instead of gritting my teeth like, oh, God. Hey, how are you doing? I had to forgive. Then I had to walk out. Why? I'm a great investment. I am. How many of us are literally lugging things around from past, present, and sphere of the future? Literally, we're like, I'm free! And you're like, chained up, dragging things. And people are like, really? You're free? Oh yeah, I'm living in freedom. Oh, my back, my neck. You're not. Tonight's the night to let that go. Tonight's the night to let go of, of relationships that have gone sour. Of how you feel about yourself. Let that go. Look at yourself as a new investment. Look at yourself as the greatest investment. Nobody can do you like you. Nobody. I could try to be Jim Bob. I'm a few inches short, and I don't have a big beard. Can't be Jim Bob. I can't be his teaching heart. I can't do anything like him. I could try. I could try to try to be Pops. I can't because I can't speak Spanish. So I, I can't be Pops. I can't be Juanito. And he has a nice beard, and he has a unique sense of humor. I can't. I can't be my wife. I can't. Because she has energizer energy. She's so like, how many of y'all ever been around her having a bad day and when you leave you're like, <laughs> I actually did it. <laughs> yes, yes, I have, I have. Good, way to answer. I was waiting for you. I have. Uh-huh, Miss Late over here. Great, okay. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to figure out your penance for that. But, you know, you could only, you, only you could be you. Mm-hmm. Only you. No one can be Chastity. No one can be Leslie. No one can be Mom. Nobody can be Miss Donna. Um, I forgot your name. Ellen. Sorry. Ellen. Nobody can be Ellen. Nobody can be Maya. <laughs> don't be me. Don't be me. <laughs> Please, don't be me. But nobody can be you guys. Nobody can. So invest in you. Invest in you. You are your greatest investment. You are. Let's come to rise and die. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for today, Lord God. I thank you for this time of revelation of that we are our greatest investment. Self-care. 
self-care. So, Lord God, I ask you, Lord, to touch each and every one of our lives. Open our eyes to that we are a great investment. Open our eyes to who you see us as. We thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing. Now, if you, uh, if you want to surrender today, let go of all the weight, all the, the, the trials of the world, all the confusion, the stress, the anxiety. Just repeat after me. Say, God, I'm done. I quit. I give up. I'm through. I no longer own me. My chaotic life. My broken life. You own it. Teach me. Guide me. Show me what you want me to do. And I'll do it, God, for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, I surrender. Thank you, God, for looking at me as your greatest investment. And we ask you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want everybody to take a deep breath. Let it out. Welcome to your new life. Thank you for listening to Transition Church Podcast. Don't forget to comment, subscribe, and share this podcast with someone you love.